And now, Girls in Hoodies. Hello and welcome to the Girls in Hoodies podcast. My name is Emily Oshida. I'm an editor at Grantland.com and with me is... Molly Lambert, a writer at Grantland. Uh, we want to talk about MasterChef, or maybe I should say Molly does, because I haven't been watching it, but I want to know everything about MasterChef and well, why it's important. It <laughs> is a good reality show, and uh, I don't know if you knew about MasterChef Junior, which was the kids one. Yeah, I can't, I can't hang with that. Oh, it was amazing. Nope. <laughs> I, I thought it was... I was freaked out about that one because I was like, oh, it's going to be horrifying seeing all these kids, you know... I don't know. I, I something about it. I was worried about it, and then it was the best one ever because they were mm. all better chefs than any of the adult chefs have ever been. It was. Isn't there some? Is it a Rachel Ray show where she has kid chefs on there? Uh, I don't know. And they're competing for like best recipe or something. <laughs> I don't remember. I but remember I used can, to edit. They're competing I, for what? Like oh, best, best recipe. recipe. Like they thought you a, said best. Dressed pea. Best dressed peas. <laughs> the nice, you know, like lemon sauce. Yeah. Um. Or like a little tuxedo on a little <laughs> a tiny pod man. Yeah. <laughs> That's about where my brain is at today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Full disclaimer about this pod. Um, I imagine that we could probably count the amount of sleep we've had in the we last. We are both crazy hours. from the heat. <laughs> LA is in an, uh, a heat crisis an, right now. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we're it's, there's no fires yet, so the the air is not yet filled with smoke, but it's filled with flames. <laughs> so uh, we're we're almost there. So you you you'll just have to bear with us as it, things might get a little more stream of consciousness than they usually already are. Which I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> it's like I think it was was that yesterday. I remember I didn't tweet anything at all that day, which is not that unusual. But uh, I just felt like everybody in L.A. on Twitter was just silent. Because we were all just so miserable. Just like, uh, like the, you're <laughs> saying that you're, the sound you were making all day was um, the no face sound from Spirited Away. Just like, uh, uh. <laughs> and, and not like, not like to anybody, just like when I would get in my car yeah. and like touch the seat for the first time, just like, uh. yeah, yeah. It's just like. I, I, when I came back home that day, I think I just I, there was a wave of heat that almost like like I could feel physically coming out of my apartment, and I didn't even have a reaction to it. I was just like, "Well, that's that's, that's uh, terrible." I, I like left my body. Like <laughs> I, was just, I, I was just watching somebody deal with like an excruciating uh, physical scenario. Yeah, it keeps getting like a little bit colder at night and then just staying at 80 degrees. And like last night, it got a little colder and it rained for one second. There yeah. were these. Really? Yeah, in uh, just over where I was on oh. the east side, it was like. In the Val. Individual kind of. drops of rain just like really far apart that you could walk between and not hit any. Just, you know, the, the lightest rain. Huh. Uh, it's really kind of bananas where. Kind of in the edges of a hurricane zone. Right. Well, I was hoping we would get the, the, hurricane. the hurricane rain. <laughs> no, supposedly no, we were really going to get yeah, some yeah, rain yeah. from that. And then I was, this was like me at like 4 a.m. last night looking at weather.com, just like 
please let there be some kind of a reprieve from the heat and just seeing that the rain was like 10% chance of rain, just like making that sound. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's going to be a weather, a weather heavy pod uh, this week. But uh, yeah, it's really just a novelty for us to get to complain about the weather so much instead of it just being 72 degrees all the time. Like it just being a given that we're in shades and tank tops with uh, palm trees on them. I yeah, I followed all these autumn Instagram accounts, which is a thing apparently, <laughs> uh, which are turned out to be all high school girls. And oh, really? Yeah, they all because they between autumn posts will be like, oh really don't want to study for my AP chem exam tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like autumn enthusiasts is a is a thing. It's a thing, but. It's not, it's sort of disappointing. I mean, literally yesterday I was like, they are mocking me. (laughs) Somebody posted one that was like, "Mm, I want to be curled up all cozy next to this fire. And I was like, I am going to throw my phone in a fire. Oh my God. (laughs) Where it belongs. (laughs) Wait, so back to MasterChef. Back to MasterChef. Back to MasterChef. Um, MasterChef (laughs) ended this week and... Um, some people were unhappy with the conclusion and the winner, but I was very happy, which isn't usually how I feel necessarily. Well, just because I haven't been watching it and I don't really know what the storylines are, I want to start a little, a little further back because I feel like, and this is just my impression from being more of a Top Chef person, having only probably watched maybe three or four episodes of MasterChef in my life. I feel like MasterChef is like the dumb cousin of Top Chef, at least in like in in the critical estimation of. See, I feel like um, the master, you know, they don't make food that seems gross or anything. It's not mm-hmm. like um, I mean, sometimes they do, but that happens on Top Chef, too. But it's more just the way I guess it's the production. I've been something. super angry about the winners of Top Chef the past few years or I don't several, even remember several who times won the last in a row. Few. Oh, I mean, was- Nick, Nick, the idiot from Philadelphia one. Oh, yeah. Wait, he's like the big guy. Wait, was he like Italian? No. I'm- no, he's just like a bro bro. Oh, no. Maybe yeah. I didn't watch that season. Oh, it made oh. me so mad because there were like two really talented women. Yeah. And he beat them even though he had, there was something that he did that was disgusting that it's like the judges just overlooked it because they liked him, which always happens. Yeah. I mean, and that happens on MasterChef, too. Judges have their favorites. And it's uh, Gordon Ramsay mm-hmm. and Joe Bastianich and Graham Elliott. And, you know, they all they all bring their own personal brand of chefery into it. But the contestants are just – they always have really good characters in the contestants. Do you think that that show rewards characters more than Top Chef? Or I don't know. I mean, uh, I they just seem to find good people, you know, people that'll be interesting to watch compete against each other or that have different cooking styles. And mm-hmm. the two girls who went to the finals this year, um, Elizabeth and Courtney, both kind of cooked in the same style, both kind of like American fusion, you know, Good, you know, it looked. Yeah. everything looked good. New American comfort, exactly. Comfort cuisine. Um, but um, but people were really mad about Courtney because Courtney is an aerial dancer. <laughs> you mean like she like dances and 
The sky? <laughs> oh no, I just killed I just killed Molly. Oh, <laughs> that was all it took. <laughs> yeah, she's a sky dancer. What does that mean? It means you know those people who do dancing with like silk scarves that suspend them from the ceiling sometimes. Oh they... like pink. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I should have just said like yeah. <laughs> I was okay, going to say, like, so more like maybe they have it at the Beverly Center sometimes so during the holidays, and it's such a weird idea oh, wow. to have it. But I feel like it's become a big thing in the past. It's part of the burlesque stuff. Sure, because you're kind of in, like, bandages, sort of. Yeah. Suspended. Courtney is a burlesque performer. Okay. But she's interesting because on the show, she dresses really prim and Betty Drapery. She dresses in these, like high heels and these like 50s party dresses and seems kind of like super uptight. The whole thing just sort of like a 50s fetishization thing. Yeah, totally. But it's like you wouldn't know that you would never guess that this person was a dancer because she just seems kind of uptight and prim. But then I looked her up on the internet and there were these pictures of her like a profile of her as a burlesque dancer. I forget what her burlesque name was, but it was on, she's from Philly. And so it was on this website that was called like the daily <laughs> which I thought was really cool. Uh, and people have been super like slut shamey to her all season. Like, Oh, she's a stripper. Yeah. You know, and people were being really out of line. I thought, cause like her little brother was sort of, the person they used as her, like, family member, that they're like, oh, we brought your family member. Uh And all these people were like, I'll bet that's her son. I'll bet they're just pretending it's her little brother and it's really her son. And that's, like, which is also weird. Like, why would they, you know? Yeah, I don't, uh, well, whatever. But people were really mad about her. And I really liked her always because she's a really good cook. She was sort of the favorite, you know, or just sort of the, she was, like, the villain by default of, being so good that she uh-huh. was like unstoppable um but elizabeth who she was competing against said something i forget what it was but it was really about like how she you know how courtney's a dancer huh. um and then the other two contestants in the top four were also amazing there's this guy leslie who is like sandy cohen from the oc kind of but he's married to melissa joan hart's mom what? And he's like a Malibu stay-at-home dad. Uh-huh. And like that's what they everybody was making fun of him for all season. Like, you're a stay-at-home dad. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, Nobody can do anything right on these yeah, shows. Like, well, he, he, I guess, also, he was like, yeah, you know, like, I worked three jobs my whole life. And then I met my wife, and she was, like, bored of being a stay-at-home mom and, like, it's like they they met after they both had kids and were divorced or something and got together. And then he was like, and it's great. And now she, like, works and I cook, you know, at home all the time mm-hmm. and it's awesome. But the, then the other guy, Cutter, who was the fourth guy, Cutter was always like, you're a stay-at-home dad. Like, huh. get it together. And then Cutter was also sort of a villain because he can't really cook very well mm-hmm. and but he was hilarious because he was just a Kenny Powers. Right. Like, he just sounded like Kenny Powers. He acted like Kenny Powers. He would just have these outbursts. He turned in sort of the worst dish I've ever seen in a cooking competition, Uh which was basically like bagel pizza bites. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so how much 
schadenfreude do you think is involved in MasterChef? Because I actually feel like there isn't that much with Top Chef. And when they do try to get that stuff in there, it it's very noticeable because it feels like they're straining for the things that, you know, your standard reality shows are going for. Is that really a thing with MasterChef? I, I mean, people get really invested in individual personalities. And it's one of those things where it's like, I just assumed that everybody else also liked Courtney and thought yeah. she was cool. Yeah. Or, you know, just that she's such a good chef and such an interesting character. And then I would read message boards where other people were like, I hate Courtney. Like, she's a stripper. Or I was like, well, who cares if she's a stripper? You know, you can... I mean, it's a better story than, like... Also, just people seemed really confused about the differences between being a stripper and a burlesque dancer and an yeah. animal dancer. And yeah, not, you know, not that it matters, but it's just like, she, you know, she kind of... They made her narrative that she was like, oh, I'm so ashamed I had to do this job to make money. But then if you look her up on the internet, it's like she's clearly in a burlesque troupe that's mm-hmm. like, a you know... She's not like stripping to make to make rent. It's like she's right. in a burlesque troupe because she's a dancer, yeah. and she was in like a sexy Spice Girls troupe where they, uh-huh. you know, where she was like posh Spice. Okay. Hmm. It all seems very Philadelphia, which I like. Yeah. Maybe I'm just rooting was rooting for her because she was from Philadelphia, and I like Philadelphia. <laughs> um. Well. I, that that show is kind of, I guess, one of. I mean, I feel like now most shows like that sort of follow this format of having this panel of people who we are uh, told are authorities or the best at whatever they do, which is sort of like uh, Shark Tank, which <laughs> comes back next week. Ooh, does it? Yeah, well, I didn't even know. Gia Tolentino wrote up. Uh, a thing for us today, Wednesday, about it. Uh, just sort of about what the show says about business and how to make it in America. I guess its interpretation of how to make it in America. Somebody, somebody like was correcting me that I said it was like a really good recession show, and they were like, "Oh yeah, but it predates the recession because it's a Canadian show." Oh yeah, or I guess it's well, not even Canadian. It's, it's, it's a Japanese show. It started in the, the beginning of the aughts. Yeah. Um, that still feels recession. I think it. I think it that it could be read either way because I think that. I mean, I remember starting to see a lot of those commercials during like daytime television for people who have patents and stuff. Like that's something I remember totally being a. I look for Shark Tank products constantly, like just at the drugstore when they yeah. have the as seen on TV wall and stuff like that. I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder if any of these are. And I see uh, they, there was a lobster truck that was on once. That's Cousins Lobster. Oh, yeah. I see that place. That place was at FYF. It was at FYF. <laughs> it is. They, they, like, won all the lobster roll competitions. Uh, that was one where I see it all the time, where oh. I was like, oh, yeah, they succeeded. And, yeah. you know, and a lot of the businesses supposedly that get turned down also get funding from elsewhere. But then there's also this thing of that a lot of the businesses that you think are getting funding, that it then falls through in the after show process. Oh, like they don't actually end up. Yeah, like they say they'll fund it and then they are doing the paperwork and looking into it more and they are like, oh, we can't actually do this. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems kind of insane to say you're going to drop 
you know, $300,000 right, on a show. Right, but that's part of the thrill of the show. Is yeah. Like, oh, these but people I mean, are just throwing money around to support new businesses. Well, I mean, I it, <laughs> the, the some... Kroll show interpretation yeah. of it where it's just like a room full of people who are notorious for mismanaging their money. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, I it, yeah, it kind of, it sort of negates its own premise. I mean, Knowing that the, a lot of those deals don't actually go through doesn't so much because knowing that those people will actually sit down and look at what the business is that they're investing in and maybe actually not go through with it. Like that's that speaks to their judgment a little better. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's something funny about just, you know, being there under some lights with a bunch of cameras around and being like, I'm going to, you know, spend as much as it costs to buy another house on the stranger that it makes I just you met. think all the time about like what's my invention that's going to make me a billion dollars which isn't a way i normally think but so, like i feel like it's changed the way i think about like what's a convenient thing that everybody needs that no one's ever thought of before i just think that so many of the things that are actual inventions <laughs> are the things that seem the least likely to get fun like the things that are are you thinking of anything in particular? Well, I was watching a marathon <laughs> last it's night. It's so watchable. It's so watchable. I mean, I was bar- like, I was only kind of half paying attention, but they had a guy on there who invented rollerblades. Have you seen this? No. He's like this like Malibu bro guy. I mean, he's like older, obviously, because he invented rollerblades. But he really invented rollerblades. He invented rollerblades, and he had somebody his- invented rollerblades. Yes, it was like he said it was like 1990, and. Uh, but and he made a bunch of money on it, and now his his new innovation is this thing I can't even remember what it was called air bike or something another air thing. Uh, but it's like a a suspended track that you like pedal f- forward on. It's like it's like kind of like a gondola, but it's like <laughs> powered with your legs, like a bicycle. Okay, um, seems fun. I mean, it yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem. He's like, he's like, we're trying to sell it to the the resort community and stuff. But it was just like, it was so goofy looking. It's like, you couldn't imagine anybody. Like, I feel like the things that work are when like somebody's like, we have a line of high quality teas or something. Like, that's something that takes no explanation. You're like, this is like the food things I feel like probably go over really well. Or things that have like a pretty low price point. Things fall into a bunch of different categories. It's interesting. There's like, you get the same sort of people come up. Like if you watch enough of it, there's like these certain personality types Mm -hmm. that come up over and over again. Like there's always like the Southern housewife that like invented something while she was at home with her children. She like came up with a medicine dispenser or something. Uh And there's always like the guys in business school with like a crazy idea. I saw a couple ones that involved children. Is that pretty There's a lot of children. There's a lot of like, I was like, looked at my daughter and had a flash of inspiration and yeah. a lot of it is like but they bring their kids or or it's the kids idea yeah they like, bring the kids a lot of them are like toys or fancy bed sheets come up a lot it's like <laughs> like specialty comforters or mm. tutus for children stuff like that but what would yours uh well i don't we're gonna do mailbag in a second but what well, can we can fast forward to a mailbag question because one of the questions was what would you pitch on? oh i'm not gonna give it away if i think <laughs> <it's good. laughs> um apparently it's super hard to get on the show i'm sure they must have like a billion yeah. 
people trying well, to get on it. Gia's uh, piece, she's like, yeah, you still have to apply via a yahoo.com email address. <laughs> That's how you get on it. That's funny. Uh, which is super good. I like that. Yeah. Keep it, it, keep it straight. Yeah. Well, it's like, maybe that just saves them a little more money. They're shrewd investors. They're shrewd business people. Um, just go for the Yahoo address. I, mean, I don't even I've read some, Yahoo address anymore. Some really depressing, like I've looked up some of the businesses on Yelp or Twitter or whatever, where you can follow the timeline of the person being like, just got investment from Shark Tank. So excited. Like my whole life's going to change to like, I hate Shark Tank. Like they ruined my life. Oh my God. You know, they promised me things that they couldn't deliver on. It's It sort of ruins the illusion of the show a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it took me a second to get into it because I just did feel that kind of cringing sense. I mean, not dissimilar <laughs> from how I feel watching Nathan, Nathan for you. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, just well, because I just, it breaks my heart to see somebody... <laughs> like with a dream that <laughs> is misguided maybe or something or like doesn't really know what they're doing and you know could benefit from some real time and attention from somebody who does know what they're doing but instead is like kind of being made to look foolish on television that makes me really sad uh but it, you know it doesn't i feel like more often at least with what I watched. I, I'd seen it a couple times before, and then last night I watched a bunch of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I just was like... Um, <laughs> um, some fluff in my throat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I felt like the ones that I saw, those situations were in the minority compared to people who were kind of goofy and eccentric, but, you know, they you could still talk... Like, they were still being taken seriously yeah um i don't know when people come in that are obviously in abject poverty and are just like i'm counting on this idea to like make my life not terrible yeah that's always a bummer (laughs) yeah like most of the people that i saw it was like oh i invested two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of my own money and it's like okay well yeah when it's somebody who's like (laughs) oh yeah my my relative my in-laws gave me some money to build this whatever that's fine but when people come in and they're like I've been working on this recipe for 20 years and like, it's all I have in the world. Yeah, no, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't see any of those cause I probably will. I'll probably keep watching it and I'll probably run into something really depressing since we're off the show forever. <laughs> triggered so easily. Um, You're so sensitive. <laughs> um, well, we want to bring back the girls in hoodies mailbag. Uh, it's been a while. We've, threatened to bring it back a couple of times and now we're actually doing it um and molly hasn't seen any of these questions uh so i'm gonna be a lightning round yeah it's gonna be a lightning round um but so you don't want you don't want to um share your 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 shark i don't i just don't actually have one yeah i don't think i do either to be honest i feel like i come up with them sometimes but right now i don't know um so all of my ideas are like cat related, <laughs> you know, Utopia, Utopia. <laughs> and right now all of my ideas are like a giant ice chair that you yeah. sit inside of and it drips ice on you and it feels good. Like when, remember when everybody got um inf- inflatable chairs? Yeah. I want like an inflatable chair that's that- like those giant ice cubes for drinks. 
or do you know what I'm talking about like the giant yes. round ice cubes like I want a giant round ice cube that just has like a whole it's like a birdhouse that, or like an Ewok house <laughs> that you can just like sit inside of I guess that's just an igloo now that I what if say it was it a chair that was um it was inflated and was con- consistently like it had a ventilation going through it that um was air, air conditioning that's so a you, good idea. You have a steady flow of AC going into the plastic. Did you see um, <laughs> Beyonce and Jay-Z were on vacation somewhere and there were these photos of them with like what looked like a white leather couch on the beach? <laughs> what? And everybody was like, Stop. that's so fancy. And then somebody pointed that out it's inflatable terrible. and that, oh. that's like apparently a luxury item. An inflatable like, leather couch. It's not leather. It oh, it's looks, like leather. It's just plastic or yeah. something. But it lo- it's like a... A legit inflatable couch. I feel like I've seen something like that before. Yeah, apparently I mean, it's a big, a big rich person thing. That I totally looked at that website and was like, somebody came up with this idea. Oh, definitely, like luxury, yeah, beach stuff. That's actually, I feel like that's if there's any kind of situation in my life where I'm like, I need like several really good inventions to get me through this. It's going to the beach. So I feel like there's so many minor annoyances in going to the beach that oftentimes keep me from oh, going to the beach. Oh, you know beach. what my Shark Tank idea is? What? That I want, I need like a scientist to invent this so I can be the the face of it is um, permanent sunscreen. <laughs> Not even permanent but just long wearing sunscreen because that is my biggest annoyance with going anywhere. What about a putting on sunscreen? Like a body stocking. <laughs> a body stocking with an SPF. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm imagining is like uh like a tanning booth, like a mm. spray tan booth where they would yeah. spray you with sunscreen. I'm sure that they- that would somehow be able to last longer, you know, the be yeah. like last however long a spray tan lasts. I feel like once you start to get into permanent things that you're putting on your skin that involve chemicals, <laughs> I don't know, it just starts to get maybe more dangerous than getting sunburned. Oh yeah. But yeah. But that's that's my like fantasy invention is I want somebody to invent a super long wearing sunscreen mm-hmm. that lasts like a week and doesn't kill you and doesn't kill you. <laughs> well, get on it, science. Yeah, get on it. Um, okay, uh, so this one is great uh, and should be directed towards Molly Lambert immediately. Um, Anonymous asks, "What is the best dark ride experience in America?" Ooh. Well, I don't actually have very broad dark ride experience. It's more just in depth. <laughs> time spent with a lot of Disneyland rides. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I, yeah, I've been to some other, you know. And you watch a lot of the videos. I watch a lot of the videos. <laughs> the one that I really wanted to try that no longer exists was the Knights in White Satin Dark Ride at the Hard Rock Park in Myrtle oh, Beach. Oh, right, right. Which has already, I think, been turned into a Six Flags or something, or maybe even torn down. Hmm. But this was a park that somebody literally, like, pitched on a napkin. They were like, it'll be like this. And then they just built it off of this guy's drawing on a napkin. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, Sally Ride Corporation. Maybe not Sally Ride, okay. now that I say that out loud. <laughs> Is that a thing? No, I think it's the Sally Corporation. They make all the dark rides, basically. Oh, There's, like, a few okay. companies that make all of them. All the Even non- the Disney ones? No, all the non-Disney Okay, okay, I was going to say. Um, but, you know, they're obviously all trying to kind of emulate the Disney ones, and... I watched one recently. There's like a new haunted house in the Hong Kong Disneyland Mm -hmm. that is actually super annoying because it's not the haunted house. Uh, 
or I forget. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the haunted house, but it's called like the the mystery house or something. Hmm. And it's one of those things where they like vaguely tried to make it related to Chinese culture. <laughs> You know, because everybody likes to go on a ride that reflects their own culture. Like, I'd yeah. love to go on. Well, actually, I would like to go on America the Dark Ride. It oh, would be scary. <laughs> it would be terrifying. Uh, that's a great idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, just more abstract dark rides. My my favorite dark ride, actually, because it's sort of the scariest and weirdest, is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh, God, I love Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Because it end, you go to hell at the end. So great. It's just crazy. It's uh, You can't believe that it's a thing. It's also, I mean, I've gone to Disneyland with my mom a few times, and she went to Disneyland when, she, when it, I think it was 56. Right, it's the same. Whenever it opened, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, it's exactly the same. And that was her favorite ride when she was a kid. Yeah. And, like she always wants to go on it now because she remembers it, and it's exactly the yeah. same apparently. And I went on the Roger Rabbit <laughs> ride the last time I was there, which is a lot like Ooh. the Mr. Toad ride because it's also like a crazy car drive. Yeah, that one was also really fun. Is that in Toontown? Yeah. Okay. It's in Toontown, and Toontown is kind of a ghost town a little bit because it doesn't have as many rides right. as the other parts. Uh, which is fascinating. Yeah. Take me there. But <laughs> we've been talking a lot about uh, Maelstrom, which is the ride at the Norway Pavilion in Epcot, which is about to be turned into a, f- a frozen ride okay. instead. And so there are a lot of people that are like Maelstrom enthusiasts because it's sort of a weird, janky reminder yeah. of what Epcot is like. All of the promise of Epcot. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Disneyland is they always update the rides. They update everything, but there is that weird feeling of like the past is everywhere and it's like yeah. sort of just blended in with the new stuff. You know, they don't fully take old things out. They kind of just incorporate them into the new things. See, and that's sort of, yeah, I mean, that's that's how Disneyland is. For some reason, I mean, I've never been to Epcot, never <laughs> been to Disney World. Yeah, me neither. I, I imagine, really would like to. I imagine it being so much jankier for some reason like my i'm sure it's not i mean oh, i think it is i how can it be it's like people say epcot is kind of like california adventure in that it's just like people are so much more interested in in the non epcot part of disney world that epcot is sort of a ghost town compared the, to the california rest of it. adventure is like usually pretty hot well it is now i but when love they, california when adventure they, <laughs> first built it it was like nobody yeah went there because you know they were like why would we go to a california themed park most of us live in california yeah. well soar in california man it's uh isn't that what it's called yeah, yeah. i've actually never done that one. Oh my god and i haven't amazing. done the little mermaid dark ride yet which oh my god just yeah. throw the question back to you well the little mermaid dark ride is pretty intense emotionally i yeah. will say i mean i've talked about it on this podcast before but it's pretty it's it's gorgeous. It's like very. I mean, it's like it's like perfectly made. It's basically the same thing as um, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, like you're in a buggy. I love the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I love all of them. Yeah. I love, but I do have like a special place in my heart for all the Fantasyland rides because mm. I think there's just something. Yeah, really, like the 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 little ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's something just so dreamlike about it. Yeah, the the Peter Pan one is incredible. Yeah, the Peter the, Pan where one. you fly over the little tiny line. Yeah, it's so great. It's just you know, and when you're a kid and you don't even think to sort of see the seams of it. You yeah, know, yeah, see, yeah. Like the ceiling and that it's a a stage building. Yeah, I'll tell you. 
this is one that is great and no longer exists and was my, one of my favorite rides. My One of my favorite non-thrill rides for a long time was the E.T. ride at Universal. Oh, yeah. That was a great it one. It was amazing. I think yeah. I forget what is there now but there were um, also always a lot of weird rumors about it mm -hmm. you know like that that they closed it because a kid fell off the bike or something yeah well for for those of you who haven't ridden it before never had had the pleasure uh <laughs> you get to ride in a on a little bicycle i mean you you pedal it it doesn't actually you don't actually power it um it's not like the air bike but uh, but you uh so you're riding a, a bicycle that has et in the basket yeah and it's it's so cool. Like and And you tell them your name at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He says your name and it's the creepiest thing. It's ever. incredible. <laughs> but like, yeah, you fly through, you know, it's similar to the, the Peter Pan thing and that you there's like a simulated flying thing and then you go to E.T.'s home planet, which is like very trippy and yeah. full of like singing flowers and you know, stuff. I, I should watch a ride through of that. I yeah. totally haven't seen that since I I went on it in like junior high. I think mm -hmm. I was Tess actually, mm -hmm. and I believe that we said our name was Baby Spice. <laughs> So E.T. was like, hello, baby spy. <laughs> I also find E.T. kind of creepy, so... Yeah, I mean, I never had a big... Uh, I'm never, I've never been very... The, uni the Universal rides are mostly disappointing because they just don't have as much theming as well, the Well, there's Disneyland so few rides. of them, too. There's so, so few of them. There's and a so lot of pressure on each of them. Yeah, like the Jurassic Park <laughs> the, ride. That one's amazing, though. It is amazing, but it's like I wish it were three times <clears throat> long. You know what I mean? Right. Because... The Disneyland rides, it's like, yeah, it's like there's so much just kind of like in the line. There's all the theming. Mm -hmm. There's so much just pre-show that you don't even notice. It's like not the world's longest ride. But I definitely notice how short the rides are with Jurassic Park and stuff like that. Yeah. And also just because I would love just an immersive Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. Or just to go to Jurassic Park. Yeah, exactly. But there are some parks that are Jurassic Park yeah. themed. I feel like I've heard of that in jurassic world the movie that's coming out is about basically jurassic park disney world which right, right, i'm so right. excited about <laughs> like, i love that idea um i wait. just want to talk about dark rides forever now um, oh you know what's a great one was the knott's berry farm one which doesn't exist anymore i've never which been was oh we should go it's great i'm gonna go to not scary farm not scary farm is terrifying i can't wait i was just reading about kind of the beginning of Not Scary Farm was, I guess, just that they, like the employees for fun, would start hiding out in the rides during Halloween season, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like jump out at people. And oh my God. so popular that they started doing it every year and then it became... That's so cute. I know. I love that. That's became, so funny. <laughs> became a thing all over the place that like invented that idea. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Park into the... And now Universal basically like owns it. I People mean, I'm, in costumes jumping out at me is the worst thing I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. That they can like touch you. See, I've never really been on, I'm, I'm going to go to all of them <laughs> this fall. Oh, wow. Um, and I've never been to any of those things. I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights. I've never been on the Haunted Hayride. The only thing that I've ever been to like that was in Iowa. I went on a, a hay rack ride that was well, like, I bet that was amazing because they probably just really have. Hay it was rack a rides. real. It was an actual hay rack going through a <laughs> cornfield. Yeah, and all it was was that we were on a 
hay rack and then sometimes like dudes in all black like like stagehand type costumes with skeleton masks on would just like hop onto the (laughs) hay rack and kind of shake you for a second and then hop off and like that's it that's all it was but it was terrifying (laughs) it was was very lo-fi uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna immerse myself. I think in in there's in a really uh, good horror movie. Oh, the one I was gonna say, uh, first of all, is a Knott's Berry Farm, which used to be a ride. I forget what it was called, but it was basically a dinosaur ride, where it was like you would go back in time. It was you know you're on this dark ride, and then it's like oh now you fell into a time hole, and you're being sent back in time to prehistoric times, and then you're in prehistoric times. And with all these just, you know, animatronic dinosaurs and it's terrifying and awesome and cool. <laughs> but there's, um, I don't know. Yeah, I really, I just watched the, the Doug Halloween episode, uh-huh. which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. But I remembered very like, you know, having just this being really spooky because it all takes place in the dark ride kind of after the park is closed. Uh-huh. And I love stuff like that. Um, and this Toby Hooper movie, The Fun House from like the early 80s, uh-huh. is a, a horror movie that takes place in like a a crappy carnival. Oh, like one of those, yeah, carnival haunted houses. Yeah. Um, but it takes place kind of like after the park is I closed. I think I've seen that. It's so good. Yeah. It's got a really memorable cover if I remember, like the yeah. VHS case. Horror really movies good. all have, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Halloween, and I wish it were not a hundred billion degrees outside, so I could feel more like it's, shop for your your costume. Just you know, have any feeling that it's not. It'll end soon. Will it, or will, or is this just the beginning of? No, September is always like this, and it's ridiculous. It is always I like. I don't this. know why we don't just evacuate <laughs> September. Like, there's no point. It's never going to be okay, and everybody's always shocked. They're like, "It's September. Why is it so hot out? It's always hot this this time of year." No, it's like true. it's my birthday month, and I was apparently born during a big heat wave, oh, just really? like this. You oh know? man! So I don't even think it's just global warming. I think it's just always yeah. It's a, always a big September. burst of heat. But then there's nothing really that signals that it's not summer anymore. It just kind of levels off usually. Um, wait, okay, so we need to get to another question. Um, or we could just talk about dark rides until the end of time. There, are, You know what? The ones I really want to go on, the place I really want to go more than anywhere is Tokyo Disney Sea. Oh, which yeah. Which is the Tokyo Disneyland that's like the other Disneyland that's yeah. just... Um, kind of all it, it's just amazing there's like a journey to the center of the earth ride that looks oh, amazing cool. that's the one i really want to do because it has all these like fake bioluminescent plants and stuff it's, yeah. <laughs> i just love watching ride throughs too they're so yeah you know comforting like in it. a way it's like nice to kind of feel like you're yeah it's like you don't have to do anything like you can just kind of you don't have to like walk yeah, a bunch all day and, and just it's like a weird dream that's controlled where you right. don't have to accomplish something to get out of it it just sort of takes you through it yeah spits you out at the end okay we're gonna leave dark rides i'm sorry we have to um but this is a question that is maybe important um how much tv do you guys watch asks anonymous it seems like there are only 24 hours, but you guys spend 30 hours per day watching TV shows. It does feel like that. It does not feel like that. I <laughs> I, I disagree with the premise of this question. <laughs> I feel like there's an extra 
an extra 10 hours that don't exist, that that is when I watch TV. I realized recently, especially because I was getting into Utopia, uh, that I don't really watch that much TV anymore. Like, not especially over well, the summer. I think you do it professionally. You know, I think well, I think you sort of have to start to pick and choose what you actually. Yeah, I mean, I used to. There was a time I think when I first got cable, when I first started to write about TV, and I never had had cable, and I hadn't even had cable growing up. Like it was super novel. I was like, "What is this magical box and all of the shows that it will bring me if I just leave it on? Like if I leave it on, something else will always be on, and I would just leave it on Bravo all day and just yeah." When VH1 Classic got invented, oh yeah, spent all my time watching VH1 Classic. But I don't know. Now I I do find that I have a threshold and I can't really Yeah, I can't really go over it. Like and I I I thought it was very unusual. I, I realized this last night because I watched I watched the new uh, episode of Utopia and then I watched the premiere of New Girl, which was right after it. And I was like, wow, I watched two shows in a night. That seems like a lot. And then I realized like that does, that's actually not that much. But I, I don't know. I've you know, there. I guess especially because of the summer, there wasn't really anything that I've been super into. I haven't stuck with the Nick. I kind of like wasn't very. I just go. I go into the archives. I just have been watching all of Seinfeld. Mm. I just like to have a show I can queue up every night when I'm trying to get into bed mode. That maybe is something I've even seen before that yeah. I can just kind of fall asleep to. Yeah. But, yeah, just ambient television. That's what I liked about VH1 Classic, too, is it was just, like, you leave it on, then there's a video you really want to see, you watch that video, but you're always just sort of scanning <laughs> to see what videos there are. Well, I like the block on, I guess it's on Hallmark Channel, that it's, like, Frasier and Golden Girls. That's that's <laughs> pretty nice. That's pretty ambient. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I've been thinking about it just because, you know, we've been doing all of our you know, TV is coming back because it's fall, but it doesn't really, that's not really the way it works anymore. Yeah. Like TV just sort of runs all year round now, but just thinking about, you know, being up on new shows and everything and how, I guess I'm not really excited for anything except maybe how to get away with murder. And oh, I don't I'm even excited know why. About that. I don't even know why that. I don't. an amazing trailer. Yeah. I mean, that had a great trailer because Viola Davis is great. Yeah. And... Well, I've never been into a Shonda Rhimes show. Like, I I understand the appeal, but I've never been into this. This just or... seems like it might be the one to get mm. into. I don't know. It remind, the trailer just made it look like the Secret History mm. Donna Tartt book, and that made me be totally down. Also, have I, you read the Goldfinch? No, I, I you know oh, okay. <laughs> you know why? Because it's too big. <laughs> oh, you can't take it with you places. Yeah, because I always. Like I, the place I think about buying it is at the airport, and then I'm yeah. like, I don't want to carry this book around. It's yeah. too big. I'll wait till it comes out in paperback. Would you ever? Would you ever get a Kindle or something like that? You know, it's just I. I don't know. I have some books on my phone, and they're they're ones that I just didn't want to be seen carrying around. Um, which aren't really even that embarrassing. There's something about just having a book instead of a Kindle that you know maybe. Oh yeah, no, me. I I, I need to I need to have weight. Uh, in one side of my one one side of my hand, I need to have like I need to be able to feel. A yeah, I'll read impression. a book on a Kindle if I don't 
care enough to buy it. Like I read Fifty Shades of Grey on a Kindle because it was like, well, I don't want to own this book. I want to delete it when it's done. Well, it's you still own good. it. You paid for it. Right, right. But I could delete it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I would, I would feel bad throwing a book away. But yeah, you can delete you know, a, Kindle. a book. I would like rather give away than yeah. throw away. But I just read Gone Girl, which is probably the fastest and longest I've, book I've read in a long time. Mm. Or I just read it in like a week, you know, because I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah. Um, and because I wanted to to see to finish it before the movie came out. And and just that everybody was like, oh, there's a crazy thing that like you have to read it to find out. And I was like, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to let somebody else spoil it for me. I have to read this book before I find out this two year old spoiler from this book that's been out for a really long time. <laughs> Well, aren't they saying that the ending might not be the same, or now it might be, or... Yeah, 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 but yeah. Um, um, I was surprised when I read it that I actually didn't know what was happening, hmm. because I assumed that... Should somebody... I read it? Yeah, sure. I want you to read I just want other people to talk about it with. <sighs> okay, maybe I'll read it. It's super readable. Oh. It's really readable. Also... That's a phone book for me, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's long. Yeah. But, you know... The casting in the movie seems so good, having yeah. that book. I'm really excited about the movie. Cool. I like David Fincher. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to see the movie. I mean, maybe it would be... I didn't feel like I needed to read the book at the time. To. But you don't need to. You yeah. can let the movie be... Hmm. Just be it. We'll see. But That's how I tend to go into things now. But we'll it could be fun to read it ahead of time. I don't know. All right. Um, Any more mailbag questions? Well, um, there's one more Shark Tank one. Uh, yeah, what's your Shark Tank idea? Well, Tables I are don't turned. Really have one. Um, Come on. Uh, uh, my air conditioner chair. No, uh, air I, conditioner chair is a great idea. I feel like um, I feel like there needs to be something that lets you like that where you can wash off your feet really quickly and then dry them. Like like it needs to be like a little like foot. Like a bidet for your feet? Yeah, like a bidet for your feet that, like, dries them off instantly. <laughs> like, you can just stick your feet in and it's, like... Like a nail dryer before yeah. you that? Like, I have... That's a good idea. Like, I don't know where you would use it, but I just find myself, like, feeling like my feet are dirty all the time. Well, I wear flip-flops, like, every day, so yeah. that's definitely a thing. I don't know. Um, that's not a very good idea, but... It's a good idea. I'm, I'm into it. Um... I don't really have anything besides that. Like that's that's honestly not the place my brain goes while I'm watching that show. I don't think about what I would do, which is I, weird because I usually think about I think about that with every other kind of show. I think about that with American Idol. What song would I sing? Really? I think about like I think about that with uh with any cooking what show. What song would you sing? I I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Come on. I can't even think. I used to have I used to have like I mean, I, I know what songs that I sing well at karaoke. Mine are all Mariah songs. Oh, man. See, I mean, but, like, realistically, could you sing a Mariah song? Hey, man. You don't... You you haven't seen me murder it's it at true, karaoke. because you never come out to karaoke. It's true. It's true, because I don't want to make other people feel inferior with my with my whistle tones. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's really considerate of you. Um, but no, Very modest of me. Uh, this is a different question about Shark Tank, though, and this comes to us from um, the Internet's Larry Fitzmaurice, um, who asks, um, out, of the th- out of these three sharks, Mark Cuban, Damon Johns, and Robert Herjavec, has, uh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, which would you be most reluctant to take an offer for $100,000 at 20% Aww. equity and why? Well, he didn't say Kevin, so. Yeah, I guess he's just just those three. Least 
likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like all of those sharks. I feel like uh, Damon doesn't put money down as often, and people sometimes are like, Damon never makes any deals. But I respect that because it's like yeah. he only makes deals when it's actually in his wheelhouse. He'll be like, I have a conflict of interest. Yeah. Today, which is like, <laughs> oh, could this be in the FUBU family? Then <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so I would take a deal with any of those sharks, probably. So I like all of them in okay. their own ways. Okay. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know enough about them yet, actually, to be able to answer this question. I don't want to, like, besperge their their uh, their. Practice. Robert might be my favorite. I would probably really. Be, yeah, he's the one I got the least of a read on in my time watching. He's a it. Croatian businessman. Sure, <laughs> uh, Canadian. <laughs> he and Kevin are both Canadian because they both okay. came from uh, what? What's this called? Dragon's Den. The oh yeah, Canadian version. Yeah, Dragon's Den is a weird name for that show. That was Shark Tank. I like. Wait, what's the? But the the Japanese one is really good. It's like Tiger Business or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Um, they're all animals. <laughs> like we should have like Rabbit House. <laughs> rabbit Island. Rabbit Island. <laughs> How about just Rabbit Island where like rabbits make just It's all just like creature related yeah. business ventures, but like cute soft creatures. <laughs> Man, oh, speaking of yeah. bad business ventures, I was at the pet store yesterday. Uh-huh. And they had all these Halloween costumes for cats. Oh, God. And I was just like, this is so funny because I can't, I'm just trying to imagine people trying to put Halloween costumes on their cats and their cats would not be having it. I tried to do that with my dog a lot when I was a kid. She did well, not dogs enjoy will, it. Dogs will take it. No, they won't. No? No, she hated it. Really? Um, I think I thought dogs were just kind of like, I'll do whatever will please the humans. No, they get, I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of sadness from dogs who are forced to wear things. It bums me out. Yeah. Um, Takes away their dignity. Uh, Putting a cat in a costume is like, the you take their dignity and they look so mad. But they deserve it because cats are <laughs> No, they're not. <laughs> cats are just not obedient, you know, Cats don't need people, so when well, people do what things, makes them worthwhile because you know that when they cuddle with you, it's because they really want to, not just because you're making them. I agree with that philosophy about humans, but not about animals. Animals need to need me and old need me and just follow me and be fascinated by me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they'll do that for anybody. They're, I don't know. They just give it away. I, I, I like a <laughs> I like an animal whose affection you have to really earn. Hmm. Well, that's the divide, though. That's the cat-dog divide. Yeah, I'm definitely a dog person. I don't know. Cats forever. <laughs> Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> um, okay, real quick before we go, we need to revisit Utopia because I last time we talked about Utopia, we'd only watched a couple episodes. I had only watched the first two. We were both kind of skeptical about it. And then within the days after that, we both were like, did you watch all the other Utopias? Yes, I did. Did you yeah. watch all the other Utopias? Okay, so here's the deal. Utopia is the best show on television The best right show now? that's maybe ever happened. I, I was so... I was so shocked. Like, I could not have been a bigger doubter watching that first episode. Yeah. Like, I just found it to be so unpleasant. And I just realized, like, all those people might have been very unpleasant when they walked in there. But now they're family. Well, they came in, and I think, you know, 
when you're going on a, a television show, a reality television show in 2014, you have certain expectations about what you should do on it. You are going to be a certain kind of character. You're going to play it this way. You're going to play it that way. And all that stuff can kind of fly if you are on an actual semi-scripted, very produced show where you're getting to talk to producers off screen and stuff and, you know, there's some structure happening. But, I mean, there's nobody there in Utopia. Like, there's they're not talking to producers there and it's hot and they have not very good food to eat. You and feel like they might stage a coup over the production crew and just... It depends on how bad things get because they're not out of money yet, so we'll see what happens when that... But, but uh... But basically, I just I feel like they're in such extreme physical and and social conditions right now that it you know the first couple episodes there were a lot of fights and I feel like it mellowed out considerably after that and even before Fifth Ave Dave left oh, I miss Fifth Ave Dave already I thought that that was like a genuinely moving thing that happened when he when came he, back to get baptized when he came back to get baptized yeah i was like this is crazy it's crazy that we're watching this and like i don't know if i'm just easily won over by this kind of thing but i don't think i am because no. i was so ready to hate the show yeah and like no it's so much weirder than yeah and it's like you can be like oh like the like nobody is nobody on the show it turns out you can write off yeah. right away. It's like real humans. Yeah. Like the preacher, it's like he's like a Pentecostal preacher, super conservative, obviously. He's like praying to God to help him guide his, uh, like guard his mind from all but the But then I like how he keeps being like, oh, but, uh, you know, I've been there. Yeah. He's like, I've been there. He's also like very kind to pe- everybody, yeah. even people that he disagrees with their lifestyle. He like will talk to them like they're a regular, per- like a... a all right, like a, a, a human being. Yeah. Like he's not judgmental in the way that I think a lot of people would be like, oh, there's like a, you know, evangelical preacher there. Yeah. He's not judging the sinners. He no. He just wants the sinners to. And then he hurt his hand playing catch and oh. he had to leave. <laughs> oh. And everybody was so sad. This is what happened on the last. Like, this is like, I, I was kind of feeling like everybody was becoming a giant teddy bear on this show. And then when, when, when Pastor John had to leave and the libertarian guy was like he was like debate like he's like he's like you know being very jersey tough guy and stuff and he's like talking to somebody but like i don't know if i should go talk to him or say goodbye to him and then he goes over like have his goodbye and he just starts choking up and he can't even like he's like you know i never like i never i'm not a religious person but like yeah changed my life it really restores your faith in humanity it's kind of insane how much it has and i it's like a it feels like a stephen king novel to me you know what i mean just this like Oh, a person from every walk of life, and we're going to put them all together in this crazy pseudo post apocalyptic situation yeah. and just see what happens. And you sort of assume that the bad side of human nature will prevail, and then it doesn't. And yeah. that is a nice surprise so yeah. far. I think, I think that, uh, it's tough because I think probably I, I, the ratings didn't drop last night, but, um, but they're still not great. <laughs> But they've been doing, you know, they said that people have been watching it on DVR. Mm. The ratings went up a lot, which never happens, I yeah. guess. That's, like, not how reality show trends yeah. normally work. Um, but I think but I, I think, I think, think people are watching it and catching up on it. I think, um, 
Yeah, I think I, I think it did itself a little a bit of a disservice, but it's also just like an accurate documentation of what would happen in a situation like that. Like, I think that everybody was super unpleasant to watch in those first couple episodes. And I think that a lot of people probably got turned off by that because it was just so, yeah, people were super drunk and belligerent and stuff. And now it's like, I feel like people always talk about like their dream reality show or like, what would a real reality show look like? Um, unscripted, if you could have anything you wanted on a show. I feel like this is the closest that I've seen to it, besides like the first couple seasons of The Real it World. It reminds me of that, though. Yeah, you're because like, now it's actually pretty mundane. Yeah, and you're like, oh, real social issues come up. Yeah. And people are forced, like, people are not in a situation where they can walk away, so they actually have to deal with it and figure out how to to live together, and it's really interesting, and it is also super mundane. Like, the things that people are dealing with, I mean, People make a lot of the nudity and stuff. But that stops being shocking after right, like it's one like episode. A yeah, and like and like the yeah, most of the stuff like the the sex and stuff is just like kind of minor in it. Like most of what people are dealing with is well, like proper farming techniques. Yeah, and having to negotiate and work together, which is like that's stuff I love. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the sex is very like it's not. I don't know. It's not like outrageous. You know, you're not like oh these people are having sex just because they're on camera. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that. There's something about it where you're like, oh, it is sort of like Edenic of like, yeah. oh, we're all just naked all the time. And, yeah. and you know, Hex Van Isles just being like, I am i don't want to have to, my nudity shouldn't be, yeah, you know, problematic the way, like, I just want to be naked because I'm just a body. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know, where she's like, I, it's not my problem that other people are, you know, sexualizing my body. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I feel like... I feel like people are being more reasonable and like showing better sides of themselves the more time goes on, which is yeah, which is shocking. not what you think of for a reality show. Yeah. You just assume everybody will be their craziest and go stir crazy from being. Yeah, maybe it's because they're not cooped up in a house. Maybe yeah. it's because it's not like Big Brother. It's like it does feel very spacious and beautiful yeah and it just seems like a rich person in malibu's backyard yeah and they, yeah and it's not like there's even really the, the physical presence of cameras or a crew or anything there like they just have those the surveillance cameras everywhere so it's like not even like visually they're not seen well dan Perraro sees everything yes <laughs> he's in the booth he is the he's the ed, ed, ed harris yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man so anyway um everybody should watch it so we can continue talking yeah, about we love, it. we love Utopia. Um, and that is my Shark Tank idea is Mutopia. Mutopia. Just a, this is Mutopia. It's <laughs> <laughs> an island of cats that I can watch. <laughs> Which kind of already exists, right? But. Yeah, and again, I'm like a little bit like maybe they shouldn't be surveilled. Maybe they should just get to do their thing while nobody watches. Yeah. Because that's true freedom. That's like Schrodinger's yeah. <laughs> utopia. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think that's where we end this. This is where we what was leave the name you. of the what was the name of the libertarian like the the sect that split off from the oh utopia state of freedom. Yeah, this is the yeah. utopia state of freedom <laughs> committee. Um, we uh, we're, we apologize for. <laughs> This are the loopy state of our brains. I think the temps are going down later this week, so yeah. things will be better. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.